Shortlisted is brought to you by Future Women's Jobs Academy. Getting back to work after a career break isn't easy. Future Women's Jobs Academy is a free online program supported by the Australian Government. It's proven to increase confidence and connect women with meaningful and flexible jobs. Apply today at jobsacademy.futurewomen.com. We'll support you to find the right job and thrive. Nothing makes a person go weak at the knees quite like a job interview. No matter how experienced or accomplished you are, being quizzed on your suitability for a role is nerve-wracking. Helen McCabe and I have been on both sides of job interviews more times than we can count, and we've learned that most interviews come down to the same handful of questions and the same common mistakes. Enter Shortlisted, a podcast by Future Women, where Helen McCabe and I, Jamila Rizvi, hold your virtual hand and walk with you every step of the way right to the interview door and straight onto the shortlist. In this episode, we take a bird's eye view on interview preparation. From doing your research to picking the right anecdotes, we'll teach you how to manage your nerves and deliver an interview you're proud of. So you've nailed your resume, you land an interview, from checking out your prospective employer's website to organising interview anecdotes. In this episode, we're going to take our audience through the research that will help you stand out as a dream candidate. So setting the scene, interviews are the most common way of selecting a new employee. It's a chance for both you and the employer to decide if it's the right fit. Ultimately, in this process, folks, your aim is to convince the employer that you are that best fit, that you're the best fit for that role and for this organisation, and you've got to back that up with some evidence. can't just be you and your feel opinions about why you might be good. And vice versa. Remember that an interview process is two-way. It's not just about you being in there taking a test, right? You are also learning about this role. You're learning about this organisation and its culture and you're determining if it's the right fit for you. You're interviewing them as well as them interviewing you. The format and formality of job interviews can vary wildly. You and I do super informal ones, but for public service jobs, for example, they tend to be particularly formal due to their stringent policies and selection criteria that aim to prevent bias. So they can actually be quite tricky in their own right, but they're very formal. Modern private sector employers or small businesses can take very different approaches. They're less formal, including peer interviews or just a conversation over coffee. And post-COVID, employers are embracing the video interview, which has its benefits. You can check your notes more easily. uh, And the drawbacks, of course, are that you have to make sure that your Wi-Fi is set up, that you've got the right platform capability, and that there's nothing crazy happening in the background. Before we kick off onto a few tips for you to remember going into this interview, I want to say that if you're someone who's got a little bit more time on your side to prepare, we're going to cover what we cover now in a lot more detail through this podcast. So you can go back to the main feed and dive into the episodes where you need a bit of extra help. But if you're like me and you're perhaps a little unprepared for this interview, the interviews this afternoon or possibly in 15 minutes, then stick with us. We're going to give you a top line rundown and get you super super prepared for that chat you're about to go into. And Helen, we want to start by letting everyone know that being nervous is normal. 
Yeah, completely normal to feel nervous, particularly before a job interview. Uh, Even if you've done lots of them and you're very experienced, you will start to feel the nerves kick in the moment you open that window or walk in that door. But remember that nerves and anxiety are actually healthy. They're an adaptive response intended to keep us safe from danger or something going wrong. There is a whole other episode on this. The message we want to convey in this episode is let's harness nerves by setting ourselves up for success. And preparation is the key. That's right. Nerves, it's actually just excitement masquerading as something else. And it's good that you're excited for this interview. So you've got this interview, you know about the organisation and you know about the role but how much do you know about them? It's really essential to make a good impression that you are prepared and you have done a bit of looking and digging around. So even if you don't have much time left, do a bit of a click around, figure out the company's mission, its culture, its values, suck up some of the language that they're using so that you can say it back to them. Not recite it back to them like a poem, but just have a bit of that language that can inform your responses more generally. You can also Google recent news, achievements, announcements about the organisation. Remember that the person interviewing you probably hasn't spent their whole last two weeks sitting on their website. They are probably focused on what's going on for them in their organisation right now. And that's much more likely to be informed by media releases or things in the news. So make sure you do a Google as well as go to the website. Check out the organization's clients, competitors, or the people they service. That'll help you build a picture and some sort of context for this role. It'll help you understand perhaps any industry trends that are going on and be aware of major projects that might help your answers be just that little bit more insightful. And finally, make sure you've read the job description in detail. Not skimmed it, not had a read and go, yeah, 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 I get the idea. Understand the scope of responsibilities, the reporting lines, and how that role is going to contribute to the organisation, because that tells you what questions you should be prepared for. And you want to make sure that your answers are essentially speaking to those selection criteria. These people who are interviewing you, or perhaps their bosses, have spent a lot of time writing that criteria to try and get the candidate they want. Make sure you can speak to it. And I just add on that, knowing who the CEO of the organisation is, is worthwhile. Um, It does show that you're across general news and current affairs, super helpful. And if something has gone wrong for that company on that day, if you've missed that, that can be quite a negative. So for example, say they've had a cyber attack uh, and they're all over the morning news, you kind of need to know that when you're going into an interview. Helen, tell me about some of the common questions that come up in interviews, the kind of questions that you should be prepared to answer. Jam, so we go into these in later episodes, so you can get lots of detail around this, but here's some really common ones. Tell me about yourself. Why are you the right fit? What are your strengths? Questions specific to the skills and responsibilities of the role. The trickier questions are, what's your biggest weakness? Where do you see yourself in five years? And the big one, explaining a career break. There's also scenario behavioural questions, e.g. a time that you dealt with competing priorities uh, or demonstrated leadership. These, as I say, we go into greater detail in episodes to come, but they are important to consider if you're going into that interview in 10 minutes now. And if you don't have much time, 
if the clock really is ticking, I would focus on examples. Focus on a few examples that are from your own working life, times you've solved a problem, accomplished something in particular, an amazing outcome, examples that can kind of be skewed to answer lots of different questions. Uh, Think about some highlights from your working life of what you've achieved. And when you've done something where you've sat and looked back and gone, "Hmm, yeah, job well done. You need to know your rights. So just as there are certain questions you can expect in an interview, there are also questions that employers are required by law not to ask you. So the Australian Human Rights Commission explains that employers are not supposed to ask questions that are unnecessary or invite potentially discriminatory information. For example, it can be unlawful to ask questions about your physical health or your mental health conditions or how much sick leave you've taken in your previous job or whether or not you've ever made a work health and safety claim. They are not supposed to ask whether or not you have children. If they're sitting there and they're concerned about uh, long hours or travel or things that might impact you if you do have a family, then they should ask you about that directly, not assume what your childcare arrangements might be. They're also not supposed to ask directly about your age. If they're concerned that this particular role is too junior or too senior for you, then they should ask that directly. Now, in some cases, it is lawful to ask questions about disability, particularly if they relate directly to the candidate's ability to do the job. Now, you're going into a job interview today. I bet none of this is going to come up. I bet you're going to be sitting there with an employer who knows what they're supposed to do here and does the right thing. But if you start to feel really uncomfortable and you want to push back, there's an episode that goes into a whole bunch of detail if you head back to the podcast feed, or you can simply say, I don't really feel comfortable asking that question. Would you mind if we moved on? You can say, I'm not ready to answer that question at the moment. Can I consider it and come back at the end of the interview? Just to buy yourself some time and take some deep breaths as you go. Uh, Women and the confidence dilemma. So we know that confidence is one of the top one or two things that women identify as a challenge for them in life generally, um, let alone going into an interview. So displaying confidence. It can be a double-edged sword. So sometimes confidence can be a negative thing, Um, but even more so it can be a double-edged sword for women of colour. So commonly this is known as the likability penalty. Jam, I know this is an area of your expertise. Talk us through this particular issue and the complexity of it. Countless studies have shown that when a man behaves in a really confident way at work or in a job interview, that tends to be something that's liked job interviewers, his colleagues, they tend to like that, makes him a more likeable guy. But when women display that same trait, they can be judged as less likeable. This is sexism, folks. This is not cool and this is not your fault. But it is a bias that we perhaps need to be aware of in the interview context. So I don't want to swing the pendulum for you so far towards trying to be likeable that you undersell your true value and your achievements. You should absolutely sell them. And if that's something you have trouble doing, we've got a whole episode on that for you as well if you head back to the feed. A job interview is not the time to be modest. So while I don't think you should show off or oversell yourself or certainly overstate what you've done in the past... I don't think now is the time to be worried about sexism. I think now is the time to lean into what you're good at, what you're accomplished at, and what you can bring to this organisation. If sexism is in play in this organisation in an overt way, you can always say something later. 
And if it's there in a less overt way, there's nothing you can do to solve that right now. And that's sad and unfortunate and frustrating. Uh, It's something you should complain about with your mates afterwards. However, I don't think it should mean that you deliberately undersell yourself in order to make yourself more likeable. We do go into this in great detail because I know for many of you this will be a challenge, particularly if you're in your 50s, you're going for a job that you haven't gone for for a long time, finding that inner confidence is going to be a struggle. So do go and find some of the other episodes that relate to your particular circumstances. Uh, but Jamila's right. Just if you don't talk about the teamwork, don't talk about that you work with someone that was cleverer than you, own your own achievements. This is the time to do that in just a straightforward, uncomplicated way. Finally, practice, practice, practice. Yeah. And I say that even to those of you who are in the car driving to the interview, you can still practice because what you can do right now is you can practice out loud. So many of us prepare for speaking roles or job interviews where we need to say things out loud and we practice in our heads and we sit there and we read our notes again and again and again and again. That's not practice. That's not practice. That's practicing for something else. That's practicing for the reading test, not the speaking test. So if you possibly can, start asking yourself some questions in your head, but say the answer out loud. If you've got a little bit more time, then maybe chat to friends and family. Have someone ask you some questions. Don't try and rote learn things. This isn't a test at school. You want to sound authentic. You want to be you. But practicing will also build your confidence and it will give you a more uh, discreet eye to what you want to say. Studies have shown that talking to yourself promotes better learning and it helps you deliver your material with greater confidence. Similarly, voicing your strengths and saying positive uh, self-talk or affirmations can also have a really positive effect on your confidence. Might feel silly, but is a really good thing to do. And can I just let you into a secret? If you're the CEO of a major company in Australia and you're going to give the annual general report to your shareholders, they usually have someone who has prepared them for that meeting. So they've had an expert come in and fire every possible question at them and they've got used to answering questions out loud. So if it's good enough for the CEO of a major company, it's good enough for you. Find some friends or family or, as I often say, just record your answers on your phone and play it back and and, and get a sense of how you sound and feel. It will make all the difference. Make a good impression on the day. How do you make a good impression on the day? Oh, this is the one I hate talking about everyone. It makes me uncomfortable. But research shows that people do make snap judgments about us. They make judgments about us within seconds. They make judgments about our trustworthiness, our likability, our confidence, and our earning potential. And of course, there's a whole lot of bias going on in there. And you just got to set that aside because you are not in control of that. And that is not your fault. However, There are a couple of proactive things you can do that will mean you make a really good professional impression. So before you go into that interview room, check your LinkedIn, please. Make sure it's up to date. Uh, Make sure your social media presence is either not accessible to people who aren't friends or perhaps that awesome shot of you and your mate making a human pyramid when you were drunk on a Friday night. Maybe we don't want that up there today. 
your interviewer may well stalk you ahead of the interview. This is common practice now for interviewers and organisations to do a bit of a Google to see what your online presence is like. The Jobs Academy website actually has a really useful resource for building a killer LinkedIn account. So if you've got some time, go and prepare and do a little bit of an audit of your LinkedIn. So be on time. In fact, be early. Uh, That's as good for nerves as it is for just being polite and good practice. Plan your route. If it's your tech, test whether you've got Google, Teams, Teams, Meets, Microsoft, all the things, whatever, (laughs) Cisco. And in some cases, there's companies that have their own platform. That's really tricky. Uh, So if you've got one of those fancy, big uh, global tech companies that you're applying for a job for, go early because the tech won't work. Plan your outfit. Now, outfits, Jamila and I both have an allergic reaction to this conversation because fundamentally it frustrates us that men can just wear the same blue suit and white shirt. We actually have to find an outfit to wear that's potentially different. I would say if that is something that's bothering you today and you don't know what to do, wear what I'm wearing today, just a plain white shirt. Just keep it really simple. Don't overthink your outfit. Make it almost a non-issue. If you are in creative areas and colour and creativity and it comes naturally to you, absolutely wear whatever you want. Most importantly, wear what makes you feel comfortable. So you've planned your outfit. If you want to know more about that, we do talk at length about that in another episode. Make sure you're polite and friendly. And that sounds really straightforward. But sometimes when you're nervous, you can come across a little bit standoffish unintentionally. So make sure you're polite and friendly and be polite and friendly to everyone, not just the people who are interviewing you, not just the people you perceive as important because of their position. Be polite to the receptionist, be polite to the guy who's watering the plants, be polite to the woman who's ordering the coffees. Be polite to everyone you meet because firstly, be a good person and second, all of the impressions count. They absolutely do. And in fact, it's quite common for an interview team to go to the receptionist. What did you think about Jamila on her way in? Because the way you treat everyone often says a lot about who you are and what sort of team member you will be. The other added advantage of that is you get used to hearing your voice and it can break the nerves down a little bit. Uh, yeah, you can, don't make the first person you've spoken to that day be the interviewer. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Finally, if you need a bit of a pep talk. If this has been a really great episode for you, but it's got a lot of dense information in it, if you just need a pep talk, a pep talk that will help you remember that you're excellent, that you have a whole bunch of skills, that you have learned a lot over your career, that you are someone who, whether or not you've had a break or not, has continued to learn things, has something to give the organization that you're applying for. And you just need to sort of settle that fast beating heart and get rid of those sweaty palms and take a few deep breaths, then we can guide you through that in another episode. So go have a look at the pre-interview pep talk. It is designed to help you harness your nerves on the day. And if you've run out of time for that, if you are that person in the car, I reckon we're about there. I reckon we're a minute away. Just take a couple of deep breaths. I want you to follow the pattern of in for four, hold for seven, out for eight. That's in for four, hold for seven, out for eight. And then tell us how you go. We really want to know. Good luck. Shortlisted is produced by Future Women's Jobs Academy. To apply to join, head to jobsacademy.futurewomen.com or go to futurewomen.com to become a Future Women member today.